0: Hello there, and welcome to another Brussels to Beijing policy podcast, where we examine how changes in regulation and rules affect commodity markets in Europe and across Asia. I'm Sebastian Lewis, Platts Head of Content for China, and today I'm joined by Keith Tan, Senior Managing Editor of our Metals team here in Shanghai, to discuss China's supply side reforms and what this means for the steel and coal industries. Keith, what do we mean by these supply side reforms, and why should we care?
1: Well, supply-side reforms involve many things, so the cutting of overcapacity, slashing of inventories, and the reducing of leverage. In steel particularly, the call to call isn't new, and critics have noted that previous attempts didn't really work out so well. But this time, it seems that the realization has set in that the profits of steel and coal companies, including the state-owned ones, are going to suffer as long as this overcapacity isn't dealt with. So the highest echelons of government are backing the reforms and urging coordination between separate government agencies.
0: And they've also um, backed this with some money, haven't they, to actually kind of support workers laid off by these uh, by these restructurings. Well, indeed. So
1: previously there hadn't been real uh, plans to deal with the, uh, the fallout, so to speak, uh, of from unemployment but they've now allocated 100 billion yuan, or that's about $15 billion, that have been set aside to help displaced
0: workers. Which sounds like a lot of money, but of course, when you uh, realise that there's 1.8 million people going to be displaced or made unemployed, that actually isn't that much per worker. So when it comes to capacity, the government, I think, followed up earlier this year with announcing it was going to cut 100 to 150 million tonnes of steel capacity and 500 million tonnes of coal. So how, how are they actually going on that? Let's start with coal. For coal, the 500 million figure is over five
1: years, and in just this year alone, 280 million tons are supposed to be called. Initially, people thought these targets would be met, but now they're saying that, yes, they probably will meet the target. Um, It seems that on the ground, smaller mines have been shut. The government has also put in place additional policies to restructure the industry, including the restriction of the number of operating days to 276,
0: down from 330. If you look at this policy introduced earlier this year, restricting operating days, to 276 days down to 330, is a kind of theoretical cut of 16% of production. Although in reality, of course, you know, mines will be able to in- increase utilization on the days they do work. So I suspect it's not that much. But what we can say is the overall reduction in in production in China has seen thermal coal imports rise this year. And of course, prices as well, which are up by 50% since April, which I guess made the coal miners very pleased.
1: Perhaps too pleased such that the government is thinking of relaxing this policy after hearing from end users, power utilities, that they are not able to pass on these costs. Just last week, uh, China's top economic planning agency, the NDRC, allowed 74 miners with advanced mining capabilities to increase production by a combined 500,000 tons a day, which is something
0: that could see the supply situation in the domestic market ease. That half million ton of coal actually amounts to around 50 million tons a month, which will certainly go some way to displacing those imports and bringing prices down. But moving on to the steel industry, Keith, what are we seeing here with the capacity closures? Well, for steel, they've set themselves a target
1: of 45 million tonnes this year. And uh, as of July, they've reached about half of that target. So it sounds like they're on track, actually. Well, perhaps, but it's hard to say if they might meet the full year target on time because steelmaking margins have been really strong. And that's caused production to remain at a very high level.
0: Yeah, I mean, production in the first eight months this year is pretty much unchanged on 2015, wasn't it?
1: Yep, and so the government has become more serious in reiterating its stance that companies need to achieve their targets by the end of this year. So what have they been doing about that? Well, there have been, of course, genuine efforts in in doing so, but there's also been some reports recently of uh, fraudulence, so false reporting of
0: cut capacity, mainly so that they can get government compensation? So I think by the sound of things, you know, I'm going to give the government a B-plus for its efforts this year in meeting its capacity targets, but I wonder longer term if these reductions, to around 10% of total coal capacity, around 12 to 13% of total crude capacity, are really going to be bold enough. Uh-huh,
1: and I really wonder if we're still going to be talking about the overcapacity issue in five years' time.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if you might be right there, Keith. I remember pe- people talking about overcapacity in the steel industry, back in the mid-2000s. Well, that's sadly all we have time for this month with Brussels to Beijing. Thank you very much for listening to us here in China, and we look forward to seeing you next time.